It's Tim Albright with Aviation with an Aviation special, talking AI with Joe Fam from QSIS. Welcome, sir. Hey, Tim. How are you? I am well. I am well. Good to, good to see you in person in real life. It's been a while. It has. It's been a while. We've done calls, but it's Absolutely. been a while to see you in person. It's nice yeah. to see you. Nice to see you. I like the look. <laughs> I do like the look. I, I tell people that it, I am old enough. I am at that age that as, as long as I have friends that can't do it, I think I'm going to. You know, if I could do it, I would too. All right. That's what I told you. <laughs> um, you did a, a talk, and, and correct me if, if I'm wrong, this is the third or fourth in a series. Yes, the you, third. The third. Series. You did a talk uh, during Infocom this year about the impact of AI generic generally right? right you started with that but then of course you know because you know the ceo of of, of qsc qsis um you got into the av part right right so that's what we're going to talk about today we're going to start with ai what is the overarching big picture from your perspective of ai i think it is the greatest most profound technological and most impactful innovation of our lifetime, okay. of humankind. I mean, so let's just start with sort of like where I'm coming from. There. Well, you, you say yeah. lifetime. You and I are, are roughly the same age. Yeah. We've seen a lot of changes, right? I've seen a lot of changes. Would you say it's the most impactful thing of our lifetime or humankind in recorded history? Both. Okay. Both. In our lifetime, for sure, right? I'm probably going to sort of cite the internet. Yeah. Uh, mobile, 100%. AI, yeah, right, and all in our lifetime, which which I've termed the exponential age, all of these technologies are compounding and they build upon each other. Yep, right. So AI is is not enabled without some of the things that I just Absolutely. mentioned. But it, with the interesting thing, when when I got into this, it was I was I, my mind was so blown. I went back and back and back and back, and and that's part of the 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 talk I gave at Infocom is I went back like a million years of technology okay. innovation and so you got to get you know so now you're talking about uh, fire yeah the printing press electricity right so it's on that level and it, it's just built to this point where um, if you think about how profound it is like just take some of these innovation i decided so electricity finally gave us power as utility on tap Mm -hmm. Right, so everyone can sort of just uh, on tap have access to your uh, to your power sources, yep. uh, which you know sort of ignited the industrial revolution, our factories, heat the homes, all that stuff. And then you get to uh, cloud computing after the PCs and all the computing paradigms. You get to cloud computing, and now we have computing as a utility on tap. Yep. Right from the cloud and all the, and the data centers. So. <laughs> So it, when you think about it in that context, what, how do you frame AI in that context? We're at the point where we have human intelligence on tap. And that's, that's like, if you really just think about that statement, it's mind-blowing. Let, right? me, let me ask you a question here, because I, I, I appreciate the human intelligence part, and there is something that, that as you and I were growing up, there was always this, this marker, and it was, it was called the Turing test, right? Yes. Named after Alan Turing. Yes. And the idea behind that was if computers ever got to the point where if a human was talking to them, they couldn't differentiate yes. the, the answers from an actual real human. Right. Do you think we're there? We're past that point. Okay. All right. We're past that point. I want to get back to Alan Turing because I think that's a really important part of AI history. Yeah. Right? We're, we're, I, I think we're, we're my view, right? I mean, obviously, this is obviously just my view. Uh, I believe we're past that point. I believe sort of like the next benchmark is what a lot of people call like artificial general intelligence, okay. where uh, beyond the Turing test, you know, the one that I like, I forgot who, who I think it was Steve Wozniak. Probably, yeah. Example. He said, as soon as a robot can go into a kitchen that it's never seen before and make a cup of coffee, we reach that Brother, level. you were talking my right, language. Right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but let me get back to Turing, because yeah. you, you mentioned, so the thing about AI, a lot of people have only heard of AI since last year. That's about a year ago when yeah. ChatGPT got released, right? But AI is like an 80 and 90 year sort of field, 80 year-ish. And so uh, the first paper in, on neural networks was written in like 1943, I wow. believe. Okay? And, so it, and so, at, so at that point in the 40s, a really important part of AI history and computing history was there were sort of two schools of thought on computing. 
So Alan Turing had the school of thought that computing should mimic human intelligence. Okay. okay because you know the neural networks were published, and he was like a big, big, very smart uh, person in that area. Yeah. And then the other sort of key thought leader at the time was John von Neumann, who is you know sort of invented, you know, credited with inventing the modern computer. And so von Neumann's idea was that computers should be deterministic, right? You know, like punching cards, yeah. right? You, and in our lifetime, you write code, it does what you write. It's yes. a determin calculators are deterministic. Computer code is deterministic. Turing was much more fascinated by modeling that computers should model human intelligence, right? So this, the, 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 the notion of AI goes back way to the 40s, so they're about 80 years old. And because of the technologies that were available at that time, obviously, you know, history has written the course and we went down the computing route. We yeah. went down the John von Neumann route. But because of everything that's advanced, including proliferation of data, the massive amount of computing that's available today, and the, uh, the algorithms, the, the transformer algorithm that was published in 2017 by, by, by Google researchers, all that's come together to make literally the Turing uh, vision of computer a reality today. So AI, you know, has gone through lots of ups and downs. When I, I you know, I did a, a graduate degree at UCLA. I was, you know, spent uh, all of the '90s at UCLA, and in the UC, in the '90s, it was in its lull. So I, I, while I was in school, I didn't hear a lot about AI. Um, you know, researchers were really on pot, uh, you know, into a, a lot of different areas. Yeah. But sort of looking at it now, because of the data and the computing and, and the computer science neural network architecture that's come together, it is um, a reality today. Well, you, you say you went to UCLA during the 90s, but you, you've gone back to school, you know, sort of, not like taking yeah. the full load of classes, but you, you spent time at Stanford in, in their AI sym yeah. symposiums. Talk about that for a second. Yeah, so I, you know, just this past year, I've spent quite a bit of time at Stanford, uh, both uh, spending time with the professors at Stanford and professors in computer science, also professors in the business school. Uh, spent time with lots of startups <laughs> in Palo Alto, yeah. and it's been a, a fascinating uh, experience. And this is where I mean, I could give you all the reasons why why it's real, right? And so, you know, there are academics who have been studying uh, AI for 30 years, who've dedicated their lives for 30 years. And when the Transformer came out in 2017, and actually GPT came out, not, not the 3.5 that you and I yeah. sort of, but uh, 3.0 came out a little bit earlier uh, last year. When that made its way around, most of the academics and most of the startups, it was the aha moment for them, where were they, they were like, this is amazing. Because what, what happened before the Transformer was AI was disparate. There was, a, there was you know, AI in computer vision, there was AI in audio, there was AI in genetics, there was AI in healthcare, there's lots of different parts of AI, uh, AI in linguistics, yep. right? And they all kind of went down their own path in terms of what's the right neural network architecture, right? You go back to sort of different neural network architectures before the Transformer. But the amazing thing about the transformer, just on this one point that we're talking about, is it's completely, it, it, it's, <laughs> it makes sense of all modes, okay? Hmm. And so it's bringing together all of these fields of, of AI that were disparate fields. So we're yeah. talking about text. So that's text in any language. Uh, text also includes code in okay, any yeah. language. We're talking about uh, audio, so that includes speech in any language, music in any style, um, you know, uh, uh, images, 2Ds, 3Ds, animations, videos, and then you know, we're not even talking about like genomics yet with yeah. to proteins and, and all that. Um, and so anything at this point, because there's so much data and there's just you know, a massive amount of computing available, which are the two things, you need three things, data computing and the algorithm. So any data that has any resemblance of structure in the data, and that's actually getting pretty good at even unstructured data, the transformer algorithm with the data and computing can make sense of it. And it, it's just an amazing algorithm that predicts the next, what we call the token. Okay. So you and I think of a token as the next word, but this could be the next note in music. 
right? This could be the next image, the next pixel on an image. And so when you, when you put your head around any mode to any mode, there's no limit, right? So if I do a company meeting in the future, you know, we have offices in Germany, Hong Kong, India, we have, yeah. you know, I could be broadcasting from Costa Mesa, right? And that's English, it, the image gets compressed, it goes to uh, across the world, and on the, across the world, it come out in 3D in Chinese. Wow. Right? Just think about the human connection that, that this technology allows when we're all able to connect each other in our native language and our yep. native so. It's truly profound, and I can well, keep going. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing: based on that, right? Based on on the stuff that you've learned, right? Stanford and the other symposiums you've gone to. How do you think this is going to shape business, certainly, but just humanity broadly? Yeah, uh, let's start with humanity. Okay. Then we'll get down to the business, and we can go AV in any, any direction you want. But, you know, if you think about well, technology in general. And, and that was part of the everything has changed uh, yep. sort of piece. Technology for the million years, I mean, uh, the million years is comical, right? It's yeah. such a fire, right? Uh, technology has always had this cycle where new knowledge and inventions get created, standards of living gets increased, life expectancy, you know, grows. And there, there's and a bell curve of adoption, and, you know, yeah, absolutely. Right. And, yeah. It, and it just moves and moves and moves, right? And so, for humanity, I think we're, you know, one of the main points I was trying to impress in that talk is everything is on an exponential curve now. Okay. So I've talked about data being exponential, connectivity being exponential, computing being exponential. We didn't even get to the transformer architecture. There's even, a, 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 believe it or not, there's even a new thing beyond the transformer okay. that, that lots of smart people, including folks at Stanford, are working on. So for humanity, you, you're seeing this cycle of, hum, of progress continue. So it wasn't. I mean, you should fact check me on this, but it was probably just 100 years ago where life expectancy was probably around 40-ish. Okay, now we're over 70. Yeah. Okay, and so that's because of all the technological advances in healthcare and, and everything else from the Industrial Revolution on. So for humanity, just, and just 100 years ago, what was it? Over 50 million people died from the Spanish flu. Mm -hmm. It, it, and if you and that was probably a 1.8 billion population. So yeah. if you extrapolate that today's population, that's 250 million people, right? So technology is always in the history of technology, at least the history you know, that we're talking about, has improved lifetime, improved quality of life, improved life expectancy. I think AI is the next frontier to keep that moving. And so, uh, you know, when I think about where, uh, if you th if I'm thinking about humanity. If we could, here are four things right, that are important. Okay. If we can have a sound money system, uh, abundant and cheap and clean energy, amazing healthcare for all, amazing education for all, that's gonna really help humanity. Yeah. So, you know, I think AI is gonna have an impact in a lot of these areas, but specifically, I'm most, I'm most optimistic uh, uh, for healthcare and education, because I think uh, the 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 it, there's already a line of sight between now and what it can do for healthcare and education, right? And in the future, you should be able to just walk into a pod, and it's it's like it, you know, right now we go to a doctor when something's wrong, and the doctor is usually a specialist or a generalist who doesn't know, right? And it's just a imagine when. The doctor is a superhero and a superhuman, and he's got all of the research available, and he can fine-tune a large language model for the, his area of expertise. Yeah. I mean, Tim, do you know there's like thousands and thousands and thousands of medical research papers published every day? Jeez. Who, 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 your doctor, how many has he read today? Yeah, exactly. Zero. Yeah. Right? But an AI uh, tailored for healthcare can absorb all that information and give your doctor the relevant information. So whether um, it's going to a doctor who is now much more capable or whether just going to, you know, there's probably going to be a pod, you just sit on this and it, it sort of does all of your diagnostics for yeah. uh, preventive care. All of that, in my opinion, is going to give us a higher quality of life and continue the, the growth, uh, continue the increase in life expectancy. And then education, I'm just talking about education and we can wrap up on this one. 
you know, we, we're, we're very privileged in the United States, right? We have a functioning public school. Uh, we can go to private school, great. We can go to university. We have some of the greatest universities in the world. But most, there's a bunch of, there's a large part of the planet that does not have access to education, yep. right? So AI and education, I mean, just think about the greatest tutor and teacher that every kid on the planet can have access to because everybody will have a device. Yeah. Everyone, by 2030, all 8 billion people will be connected on the planet. So, so let's pull into that because one there of... There was a lot there, yeah. But well, no, no, but, 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 the, but the education part is important because it, yeah. it does lead us into business because there is a, you know, there, there's a theory here as, as the higher education the, the populace is, the better it is for democracy, the better yes. it is for society, the better it is for business. For sure. So certainly there's a line there. There's a thread there that can directly connects the impact of AI on business because of the, AI, the impact AI has on education. Yes. So that's one thread. But what is the other impact that it has on business? Yeah, I mean, I think just on business, like business in AV or just business? Just business in general. In general. Yeah. I think when you get down to businesses in general, so let's, let's take that question from a few point of views. First of all, every individual has the ability to literally have, to literally be so much more productive, okay? Because you have the best teacher, the best tutor, the best scientist, the best researcher, intelligence available on tap. So individuals be, will become more productive. And I'll give you an example. <laughs> I can't give you the specific example for me because it's a little embarrassing. Okay. okay? But but th th there's a uh, there's a responsibility I have, and you know because all of us are good at different things, right? Some of us are good at writing, some of us are good at being creative, some are good at uh, Excel sheets and analytics and yeah. science and coding and all this stuff, right? But we all have weaknesses. Hmm. Right? 100%. So there's an activity, a responsibility I have, and I, I can't tell you because it's a, you know it's embarrassing, but I, I don't like it. I don't like it, right? Yeah. It's necessary, but I don't like it. It's expense reports, isn't it? No, it's not. Because <laughs> that, that's mine. Go ahead. For you, it might be expensive. Oh, my report, God. Right? It's, yeah. yeah. So I don't like it. And I'm not exaggerating here. I've become, uh, I think, I've become seven eighths more productive. And I, 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 okay. I, I do seven eights because I'm thinking in 15 minute increments. Okay. okay? So uh, it, an activity that took me two hours and fast is now taking me 15 minutes. Holy cow. Now, and it gives me a better end product and it's much more rewarding. I feel like I can actually contribute what I need to contribute in those 15 minutes as opposed to the other hour and 45 that I didn't like. Okay? So. And again, it's one example, right? I wish you know if my if my entire set of responsibilities was was at the was at this eighty-seven and a half percent increase, yeah. that I would be playing guitar right now, right? But so in this one example, eighty-seven and a half, seven eight, eighty-seven and a half percent, point five, <laughs> whatever. The fact that you did that math in your head, <laughs> seven eight, is so, way um, beyond me. But so go ahead. The but the. Uh, <laughs> Who knows if it's a 0.5, right? But, I, <laughs> but the, I can't correct you. But <laughs> seven yeah. eights, right? Whatever. But but that's my point. It's not only is that I'm not much more productive. It's a better end product. I don't despise the activity anymore, and it's it, it's it's just better, yeah. right? And so um, let me give you one more example. Okay, and it, and it actually has to do back with like the AI moment. Okay. Like I think all of us are gonna have an AI moment where it, it just hits us like a freight train. Mm -hmm. So I'll give you my AI moment. So so uh, ChatGPT got released uh, last November and within a week and 10 days, I was already seeing it on the podcast I was listening to. So I started playing it right away. First time many of us play right away, we're usually like, wow, this is amazing. So then I got so curious about what's actually underlying the science and the math behind the AI. So, you know, I did everything I normally do to learn, right? So that's Google searches, white papers, YouTube videos, et cetera. And I probably spent a week doing that and learned at the pace that I normally learn at. And then I said, why don't I just sit down for an hour with ChatGPT to have it teach me about AI? Okay. It was 
mind blowing. It was the moment that hit me where like, oh my goodness, because, because it was the best teacher and tutor you could possibly get, I could ask it specific questions given even my experiences, right? So I did a PhD in uh, electrical engineering yep. at UCLA uh, in the areas of control systems and digital signal processing. So I was asking it questions about AI from the science and the math that I was very familiar with. And it was speaking to me in the science and the math that I was already familiar with. And that opened. So in the one hour, right, I learned as much as probably the 10 hours that I had spent the week before wow. in Google links and YouTube videos and white papers, right? So that's a 10x improvement yeah. in productivity, right? But it was, besides the 10x improvement, the experience was amazing. The experience was amazing. So that was the AI moment for me when I just then went deeper and deeper and deeper into it. So I, I didn't even forgot what your question was. I, I, what was your question? Because I, I, I went off. We were talking about business. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so let, me, let me continue if I'm yeah. okay. So I think businesses are made of individuals, right? Our yeah. business is only good as, as the output of the individuals, right? The people. So, so that's why I went down the people route. Yeah. I think all individuals with a curiosity to learn can get much more productive and have much more rewarding jobs, right, their, their, their roles. So that sums into the business, and the business should have a better outcome just because the individuals are more productive. If you go specifically on the business, every business is going to have these models. I mean, Microsoft has had their event. It's all around the co-pilot. Yep. It's all around everything, you know, the AI assistant. So, like, for example, um, you know, we have an Oracle uh, CRM, yep. we have a, a Salesforce, I'm sorry, Oracle ERP, a Salesforce CRM, CRM. Uh, Microsoft Productivity Suites. So all of these technology stacks in businesses, generally speaking, right now they are connected, but it's cumbersome, right? You know, to CRM to your ERP, there's a lot of coding, there's a lot of work that the IT department has to do, and it's not always a great outcome and it's not always a great experience. But all of these technology stacks will be built, I mean, a lot of them have them already, have their own large language model above their technology stack that has access to all of that data, can make sense of the data, and can respond to you and I in a conversational manner. Yeah. Remember, going from any mode to any mode. Right? We can go from speech to charts, right? anything. Right? And so for businesses, then businesses will build their own large language model. And you know some folks have tried that already, like Bloomberg is the, uh, is, is the, is the example. Um, but the technology is accelerating so quickly that businesses will then have their own large language models. And it won't even be that much effort to yeah. sort of build large language models to connect all these. And certainly companies like Microsoft and Google and others will, will well, and supply for you. But, but then, so now your business is connected, all of your, your, your technology is connected through pretty amazing intelligence. And yeah. so the experience of using all of your businesses, uh, I mean, all of your business data uh, will, will, will really increase. And then, and you know, if a business has a lot of software developers, that's a great tool for software development. Mm -hmm. If a business has um, a large customer operations, customer support, customer service organization, it's an amazing tool, not only for productivity, but again, I always reinforce not only productivity, but a better experience. And what I would say is, OpenAI just had their first dev day. Yes. And <laughs> I am. Unbelievable. I am. Unbelievable. I, I'm going to simplify this way. Okay. But they released a mechanism for, for people to develop their own, not their own large language models. Yes but their own chat GPTs. Their own GPTs. That are hyper-focused yeah. on customer yeah. service, yeah. on public relations, on marketing, whatever it is. And so that that is one area where folks can kind of personalize it to their business or personalize it yeah. to their department. Yes. Right. So I've built my own Joe GPT. <laughs> oh, good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> and, and here's the amazing thing, right? And this is that is how I, you got down to 15 minutes? Uh, no. Yes, I program. Okay. I program. Uh, I program ChatGPT uh, on a specific task. Okay. Get down to 15 minutes. All right, so there's a code I write. It's a slash p, and as soon as I do slash p, it's basically now.
prompting me for everything I need. Okay. I do all that. Wow. And okay, so the, so I do all that, and it sort of gives me everything, and that's five minutes. Then I put the human in the loop for ten, right, to get it to where I want it to go, yeah. right. And so so it's it. I don't you know people debate about you know. Like, Anyways, let's not go down that way. Right? But I think the human in the loop on AI systems is an important part. Absolutely. Right? Um, so, where were we here? ChatGPT is dev day. ADD, right? That's all right. <laughs> so, let me ask you a question. No, no, no. Can I, I answer that one? Yeah. Okay. The, the, the open AI is dev day. It was an amazing event. So, so it was clear earlier in the year. You know, we, we get to 3.5 last November. Early in the year, OpenAI announces basically going down a platform and ecosystem mm -hmm. uh, strategy. They right? announced apps, apps for it. APIs, the APIs, yeah. you know, a community. So the, the OpenAI event just last, this past week, yeah, right? I think, I think so, yeah. it was like Monday. So everyone's now building your own GPTs because technically the way that works is once a GPT is built, and I think GPT-4 took $10 billion of compute time to build, right? So this is basically all GPT-4, all the data in up to like, I think March of this year, all the, all the data of the internet, all Wikipedia, all the blogs, all the posts, right? So you train the model and it takes tens of billions of dollars to do it, right? Tens of thousands of GPUs, CPUs for months and months and months. But once that model is trained, you literally have a model of parameters, of literally numbers. And then the reason now you, could, you, can, you can train your own GPT based on their model is because the, the what we call the foundation model is done. Yeah. And now you're just fine tuning the model for whatever your need is. And they, OpenAI is not only an amazing AI company with, with the science, but they're an amazing user interface company. Right? I mean, that's the user interface of ChatGPT is really what it yeah. is. So within, so I saw that announcement. I, I, I sort of watched that whole event. Uh, within 24 hours, Tim, when I went on Twitter or X the next day, within 24 hours, people were posting the most amazing GPTs. It, it, so there's, so I, I'll give you one because it's uh, like someone did a, a, a sportscaster okay. GPT. So, you know, the video, I think it was messy and, he, and he's playing talk and it, it was like, you know, I, I knew it was like, oh, Messi goes through two defenders. Oh my goodness. Look at Messi, blah, blah, blah. And he goes through the last defender. He shoots, he scores. Oh, right? So now, now take this in two ways. Okay. Sportscaster GP, that's, that's nice and funny and yeah. amazing. But Think of what the technology, the, the technology just did. It watched a video in real time. It knew who Messi was. It knew that he was going through defenders. It, it did all that. It scored, and then it brings in the human emotion of what happens after Messi scores. Yeah. If you think about the technology that is required to do all that, unbelievable. It is. Unbelievable. I, this yeah. is probably a dangerous question, but I'm still going to ask <laughs> it. Perfect. What's your favorite part of AI? I, 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 my favorite part, and I think I've alluded to it, is I believe it is, uh, I believe it will continue to improve quality of life and, and humanity and democratize healthcare and education okay. and hopefully energy and sound, you know, for all, yeah. right? Because again, I, I, it, it doesn't escape me. I live in a very privileged, you know, in the United States of America, we, we have access to, all of these things, but most of the planet does not. Does well, not. I would say a lot of the planet does not. Yeah. So this is, that's the most exciting thing for, for me to see. Um, yeah. All right. And so that's, that's a cool That's thing. a good one. Yeah. Uh, we, we've laid a really good foundation. We are going to take turn for a, to AV, because that's what both of us Great. do. That's what both <laughs> of us do for a living. Because we have jobs. We do. We, we do. Um, you have apparently gotten yours down to 15 minutes, which I think is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that was only one task. <laughs> that was only one task. Um, how will AI change AV? You know, and, and that was really the uh, sort of like the main uh, topic of, of the talk yeah. that I gave at Infocom. Again, because this is what we do for a living. This is what we yeah. do for a living. And so, you know, to me... If you so, if you look at some of the things, so so this was the third piece, and um, sort of just 
Well, you did one on, on the Infinity Stones for Crackle. I did one on the so. Infinity Stones in 2019. Yeah. It started in 2016 with Winter is Coming. Yep. And that was more of an AVIT convergence. And, you know, main messages was it's not about the product, it's about the platform. It's not only about hardware, it's about software. The Infinity Stones with Avengers got into the new economics of AV, uh, talent, software, and a bunch of other areas. But actually, and then, and then, so in the if I can in the in uh, the the Avengers Infinity Stones in 2019, I remember, uh, and you know I'll do all this for fun. Oh, yeah. right, 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 right. So I was in Dubrovnik 2016. That's Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones was a big deal, right? It was the moment, right? Yeah. So it was, it was it was something around Winter is Coming. And we still say Winter is Coming. Uh, great. Because it is. Okay. Oh, and that's what I'm going to be like. Oh, my gosh. we got to move beyond that. So, so, and then in 2019, QSC did the world premiere of the Avengers. Yep. And that's where, like, oh, let's do something around the Avengers. But even in 2019, because it was the Avengers analogy, I had a spaceship flying through space. And I said, all of these asteroids are going to come at us. Okay? And these asteroids were called uh, big data. They were called machine learning. They were called deep learning. They were called uh, neural networks. They were called artificial intelligence. Those were the asteroids that were going to come in. Well, Tim, I'm here to tell you the asteroids are here. Yes, indeed. Okay. The asteroids are here. And so with the, the current talk, which is, it was just titled Everything Has Changed, mm -hmm. because I do believe everything has changed, uh, the, one of the main messages there is AV will move to becoming a technology company. Right, I saw these trends. Way, you know, even winter is coming. Had that, had had that sort of insight that AV was always behind the IT industry, but we were always catching up. And so, how I think it impacts AV is we actually, the technology is is sort of everywhere. We need to move our AV industry to be a technology industry. So, I've been at QSC for. 20 years next year. Okay. So when I joined in 2004, the industry was already talking about AVIT convergence. 100%. 100%. And so my, my point is we as an industry need to move beyond the conversation of AVIT convergence into AV technology convergence. And I'm picking my definitions. Yeah. So if I could define, yeah. I'm picking my definitions. But by, by IT, right, I mean, uh, uh, I, need, I mean networks, uh, switches, stand right network switches somewhat of a hardware network switches infrastructure somewhat of a hardware orientation okay and by technology I mean cloud data AI okay. much more of a software orientation right so I'm just choosing my definition so you uh, I'm to, to sort of uh, make clear my point and by IT I mean a mindset that's mostly around resiliency redundancy safety security a utility mindset which is absolutely needed in all of our AV systems but by technology I mean a mindset that's more centered around uh, insights outcomes connection much more of an experience orientation right and so I believe the AV industry because of the pace of the exponential pace of technologies today the AV industry will be moving rapidly beyond the IT conversation to a technology conversation. And I think that's where, uh, you know, it's gonna present a ton of challenges in our industry, but also a ton of opportunities in yeah, our industry. Absolutely. Okay, so as we kind of get more into the, the, the business of AV, sure. and the impact AI is going to have, what, let's get beyond the convergence chatter, because Got you're it. right, since 2004, and I think it was even 2000, Infocom had a big ginormous banner that said convergence okay. on it, right? Yeah, because it was there when I joined. Yeah. yeah. Um, specifically, what challenges or what opportunities do you see in AV for AI? So I think, I think one, uh, I think, let me rephrase. Given what a so given the world today, yep. right? And we again, usually when I try to answer these questions, I always start with like, what's the big picture of mm -hmm. what's happening in the world today, right? And you know, you get into financial systems are very unstable. Yep. That, that's a wealth gap that you know separates people. You get into a political divide, right? You get into populism on the left and the right that that separates people. You get into now we have you know uh, wars in two regions of the world that separates people. 
right? So you, you, you uh, the pandemic, right? Separate people. So you get into all that and you say the world, that's the ironic thing, the, the world is more and more connected, but the world is more and more disconnected. Mm -hmm. Okay, so hold that thought. If you think about what AV is, we are literally managing, amplifying, controlling the two senses that are most important for connection, sight and sound. Okay. And so even with COVID, as horrible that was for the industry, I thought it was good. We mm -hmm. had five years of video video adoption in like five months. Yep. Right. And now we're extremely relevant to enterprises because every enterprise has someone on the far end, even those who are bringing people back to work. So we have a real role in connecting uh, the, the the workforce and, and engage workforce, which means better business productivity. We have a real role in connecting human beings. So. And AI specifically can really amplify our ability to connect human beings, whether it's through, as I mentioned, um, employee engagement across a business enterprise, or whether it's through performer to audience and audience to audience in the live events and higher education, you know, cross-border learning, you know, you can go on and on in any vertical and sort of run the thought experiment yeah. of how a well-architectured AV system could not only lead to better outcomes and insight, but connect human beings. And so I, I think that is the opportunity for us. And in, in the everything has changed talk, I, I, I kind of paraphrase that as, it's our turn to step up to center stage. Okay. Right? I mean, if you think about it, we're always setting the stage for someone else, like literally. <laughs> right? Yeah, quite frankly, yeah. Right, quite frankly, right? But the world is in desperate need of what we can provide. And so that's an exciting, I mean, AI is exciting in many fields. And, you know, obviously I've cited healthcare and education when, when, when you're asking about humanity. But in terms of, uh, it's super exciting in AV because we are literally controlling the senses. I mean, think about this. We have eyes and we have eyes and ears everywhere, right? Yeah. And we, that's an immense amount of data that we can bring in, that we can ingest, that we can use AI machine learning algorithms to, you know, to for whatever outcome that we really want to engineer and develop. And and that is um because of that, and then and then the world needing more connection, and we're amplifying sight and sound. We have an amazing opportunity, not only to connect human beings, which is amazing in itself, but there's a lot of monetary value, yeah. right? To help an enterprise build and engage workforce, to help higher education really do amazing distant learning, active learning across borders, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I want to I want to get some definition here because. I have said for years I am a failed programmer. Okay. Right, and I am. I, I, I think the control is one of the most fascinating parts of, of the industry. Mm -hmm. I think it's really cool that you can push a button and a thousand things can happen. Yes. I just can't make it happen, and I have tried. Yeah. <laughs> I've tried several <laughs> You've tried programming. I have tried programming. Okay. It's just not happening for me. My brain doesn't work that right. way. I still think it's cool. Yes. But when you look at AI, and, and there's one of the things that folks are, are looking at, they're going, oh, it can do this. Well, you know, it can, it can you know, um, commission a system audio-wise, yeah. right? It yeah. can, can put a microphone in, it can shoot, shoot out an, a tone, come back and go, okay, well, these are the adjustments you need to make on the yeah. EQ. Yeah. As opposed to pushing a button and having things happen. Talk for a second about the differentiator between AI okay. and what should honestly be labeled automation right okay yeah so I think that's a little bit about again deterministic versus intelligence okay. right going back to that there are plenty of things that we could do on a determinist deterministic level today and uh, you know there our industry has been working on it ever since I'm, I mean yeah yeah for decades and decades right 40 50 60 years right that's just great information that comes from data that's available in our equipment you know really solid programming uh, and we've built some amazing products and platforms yep. in the industry okay so there's still a lot of applications where we fall short there and that's no one's fault except our own Right, our inability, to, you know, and it's, it's not our inability, but it's just some of these things just take time and we're always just working on new applications and the applications get more complicated and as well as exciting. So that's automation, right? 
So uh, AI is now taking all that data and learning. That's, that, that's probably the easiest way to differentiate okay. between automation and uh, learning. That's fair, yeah. So if, if automation has seen things 10, 20, 50, 8,000 times and it's automating this way, AI will just sort of learn that and perhaps do that before even automation happens. Okay. Right? And so right now, you know, equipment may uh, hit a failure point and it, there's maybe automation to power down or reboot. That's automation. Yeah. AI, sh all this equipment should be connected together. The data should be ingested in the cloud. There should be AV, uh, AI algorithms that's looking at. AI should be able to tell you that, hey, that equipment, because it has all of this data, you know, I'm just making things up here, yeah. right? You know, there's an 80% chance that that might fail over the next six weeks. Yeah. That would be amazing information. Oh gosh, that's yeah. AI, right? So that's not automating after it failed, but it's like, okay, it sends to you, the end the end user, the integrator, anyone sort of managing that system to, you might want to order, a, you might want to go look at it, or you might want to order a, 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 you know, a replacement, yeah. right? So that's where the intelligence would come in. I went down one route. No, it, that's a great, yeah. it's a great, great definition. Yeah. Uh, before we get, get out of here, I want to, hone in on a couple areas. I want you to talk for a second to your customer's customer, right? To the IT director yeah. at a Fortune 500. How will AI impact their job on a daily basis? How, or not even mean a daily basis, yeah. but how will it impact them supporting and managing and maintaining the system, their AV systems in their, in their corporate headquarters? Yeah, I, I mean, I, um, can I answer that? Like almost every question you ask me, I, I, I go right here, and then hopefully, hopefully I get, You'll get there. Get, hopefully, you know, I, I, I think so. Let, let's talk about the end user. Let's talk about the IT yeah. uh, manager who's managing the AV system, right? I think the first thing is that that person has an incredible opportunity to elevate the experience of the all employees across the entire enterprise yeah. through AV technologies, right? So we got it, you know, moving beyond, let's get the conferencing system working, right? In terms of when AI will make its way in and sort of get, you know, it's moving so quickly, but more and more potential, right? Yeah. So, you know, the conferencing experience should become extremely natural, extremely real-time, extremely humanistic, and yeah. there's a lot of UC, I mean, Microsoft and others are, are working on, <laughs> they're all in on Microsoft, on, oh, on AI, right? So, so the IT manager, first and foremost, needs to think about, this is, I have like incredible technologies coming down the pipeline where I have that type of impact across the enterprise. And then, then getting down to like tactically speaking, right? I think you're gonna, you know, it means that that person should be all current with all the new technologies that are coming out. If they're still struggling, you know, using our analogy of uh, AVIT versus AV technology, yeah. we're using, if they're still struggling with some of the basics of networks and infrastructure and sort of keeping that uptime, and if that is 100% of their role, they've totally missed the opportunity. So somehow that IT manager on a practical basis needs to have that capability, which is absolutely important, yep. but needs to hire the capability or create the bandwidth to really embrace these new technologies. Uh, and whether they're sort of current on all the Microsoft Copilots, or uh, ChatGPT Enterprise, or uh, Microsoft, uh, you know, OpenAI, the OpenAI GPT through the Microsoft Azure Cloud, yeah. uh, Salesforce, LLM, Oracle, they need to think differently because the entire software paradigm has changed, right? And if you're IT, that's a big deal for you. That's a huge deal. Yeah. T take that same thought, and, and it's a little bit different because of the environment. Talk now to the higher education technology manager, higher education, you know, AV um, technician, the the, the folks mm -hmm. at Hetma, right? Mm -hmm. How is this going to impact not only their their meeting spaces but specifically here, classrooms? Right, right, right. Well, I think it opens up. Uh, I mean, let me start. 
it certainly opens up, if there's any education that they're doing online or any education on, on the far side, it opens up a, who, a whole new world of possibilities to make that far end amazing, right? So you have computer vision in the lecture halls. You probably have very, uh, you know, you know, active whiteboards or whiteboards that are intelligent and there's a lot of interaction between the students in, in terms of active learning in person as well as active learning for students on the far side. Yeah. So immediately with the hybrid working environment, you could create an amazing learning experience. So that, I think that's probably one of the more immediate things that's available that's very line of sight, right, in higher education. And then, you know, in terms of what universities or not even higher education or, you know, any, any school would be able to do this, right? The ability to uh, reach more students, um, the ability to, you know, have your greatest teacher be the teacher of yeah. a subject matter. I mean, think about it. Imagine if every, Imagine if every, we'll stick to higher education, yeah. all right? and, and I'm, I'm sort of going off a tangent here. But so when I went to UCLA, it was a total, you know, throw of the die where if, are you gonna have a good teacher or not, yeah. right? Because a lot of these professors are great at researchers but not great at teaching. And students go in and they're taking their first and you know, you know, electrical engineering class and they don't understand anything. But imagine if every student can actually learn a subject matter from the greatest teacher in that subject matter. Right? AI can do that, technology can do that. Now, yeah. so th this is where I always get into what's possible and what's here. Yeah. Ed higher education uh, organizations are gonna figure out if they wanna move down that route, right? Um, and so- I don't think they're gonna figure it out. I think they're gonna be forced into it. Yeah. Right, yeah. I, I don't think because, you know, you take it back a step, both of my kids are in high school. Yeah. When ChatGPT three three came out, yeah. it was it was like everybody was like freaking out, yeah. right? And I know colleges and universities were freaking out, like kids are going to cheat. Yeah. Gonna, they're going to be forced into this. This is not right. You know, right. I'm not saying today or tomorrow, but eventually they but, will be. Forced but this into is it. another area of education again, yeah. right? Because my uh, I have a junior in high school. Okay, uh, I have a junior in high school. He, he has. I'm not gonna mention his class because maybe he'll get to a teacher or something like that, right? But he has a class with a teacher that's kind of horrible. And so he's learning that subject matter the way most creative kids will do and they'll just go on YouTube and find the great teacher there, yeah. right? But imagine, for you don't have to go to YouTube. Imagine you could just learn from the greatest teacher in that subject matter and you have the greatest tutor next to you. That is like, it accelerates learning, uh, yeah. you know, who kn uh, you know, who knows, right? I mean, how much, right? 87 and a half percent. 87 and a half percent, good Lord. <laughs> As we wrap up here, I wanna g give you an overarching question, which I know is kind of dangerous for you. <laughs> <laughs> These are great. <laughs> Talk, again, I am a failed programmer, right? So don't, so. No so worries. Understand who you're talking to. Talk to somebody that reads all these things, listens to you, yeah. you know, and, and and understands ChatGPT from a very or understands AI from a very elementary level. Yes. How do we start going down this route? How do we? So if I, if I think that this, it, I'm I'm convinced, Joe. Yes. You you have evangelized me to the <laughs> point where I I am all in. What's my first step? So I think that was your first step. Okay. I actually think that was your, your first step because now you're curious. And I think that actually is the first step. Okay. Right? And, you know, I, I can tell you all the bad steps, right? Don't think it's a fad. That's a bad step. That's a huge bad step. Uh, don't try to fight it. You're not going to win that battle. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, and, and we have, like, <laughs> thousands of years of history of people fighting technology. They never yep. win. Okay? Uh, but you just took on a very proactive and positive first step, which is now, I'm curious. So, I, you know, I would say spend an hour with GPT, for example, and just ask it crazy things. 
Right, and at this point, because I was telling you about multimodal, it's not just text. You know, when, when, a year ago, it was just text, but when I looked at the transformer architecture, I'm like, it's not just text. All modes are good. And right now, you can upload images to GPT. You can up upload video files, audio files, etc. Right. So uh, I'll give you like an example. My 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 son's at UCLA. He actually just texted me a photo uh, of like this this meal he had in the dorm room, and then and the and and thing said, this is 2,000 calories. That doesn't look right. And I looked at it. I'm like, that does not look like 2,000 calories. That's maybe a thousand max. Yeah. So I took the photo, I put it into GPT, and I said, how many calories are in this meal? And then GPT says, well, you know, blah, 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 it does all this disclaimer stuff. It looks like you have some pasta, blah, blah, it looks like you have X ounces of a sauce, blah, blah. And they said, that's probably around 800 calories, right? And so that was, again, a learning moment for my son, because I just screenshotted that and I sent it back to him. And he's like, bruh, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, so get curious, play with the technology. Yeah. You know, anyone can just sit down and play with this technology. And then, you know, for me, I was always just following folks who are really into it, whether I'm following them on YouTube or with a podcast or following them on uh, X. Yeah. Uh, you just got to find the thought leaders and whatever, and, and you got to find your way to learn that resonates with you. Yeah. Right? So I could tell you, you know, here are the 10 people I follow on X, but it, it could be a totally different 10 people 100%. for you. Yeah, so I would say get curious, just learn. And then, you know, if you go beyond like what enterprises should do if they're trying to get off zero, yeah. right? Just how do I start, right? So we're talking about the individual uh, to me, because once you learn, you'll go down a path. You'll go down a natural path. Uh, how enterprises should start, uh, you know, when someone asks me that, I would just say like find, find the half dozen folks in your company that are so enamored by this. Give them some space to meet, facilitate, you know, learn from each other, give them some space in the organization to spread the education and show what's possible in the org organization. And I think then the snowball starts for, for companies because they'll go down and they'll be like, oh my gosh, did you know that this technology can do this? And all of a sudden that becomes extremely meaningful for that particular company. Yeah. But it all starts with an individual champion, like individually learn, be curious, play, and then at the enterprise, find half a dozen people, find 10 people who are so into it and let them learn, be curious, play, and spread that knowledge across the organization. All right, that's a good place to stop. Joe Fam, thank you so much, sir. Tim, it was so great. Absolutely. That was fun. Thank you. Uh, how do people connect with QSC? Uh, QSC.com, and there's also QSYS.com, okay. and so that will be the best way, and um, I'm sure. I'm sure that would be the best way. All right. Very yeah. Good. Or, you know, I mean, we have a marketing team, and you, I'm sure they're they're out there. I'll too. send them. I'll send people their email if they want to know. That'd be great. So, Joe, Joe <laughs> for, uh, for us, for Aviation, go by our website, aviation.tv. That's aviation.tv. Find videos like this and a whole lot more. All that and more at aviation.tv. That's aviation.tv. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation.